I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. 2020. What a horror show. But a part of the fabric of the big puzzle of life. Far from being defeated, we collectively aim to learn and grow from the challenges we face. In fact, as we discovered today, if 2020 was a chapter in an athlete's story, it would be classed as a massive challenge, a setback, that includes most certainly failure. But the great athlete would navigate, learn and overcome. They would rise and build to greater success. A great athlete has the tools and wisdom to realize the path of performance is never linear. And when it comes to 2020, they will arrive with a toolbox of traits that are going to help them navigate through this fog. Today is part two of culture and the athletic mindset. Last week, we dug into the cultural model of performance. And it's the model that we utilize at Purple Patch and have learned that it's really helped us to navigate over these last few months. But a culture is always created via a collection of individuals. It is a way of doing something that unites individuals and creates a collective resilience. And at the end of the day, individuals thrive within that culture. And the very best lean into a suite of traits and characteristics that make up what we call the athletic mindset. Now, we've learned over the last few months of turbulence that these traits are the very traits that foster the resilience, adaptability and growth needed not to just navigate, but thrive through these times. And so today, what else could we do? We dig in, we dissect, we tell stories about the athlete journey and of course, the athlete's mindset. You do not need to be an athlete to lean into the athletic mindset. And so in real terms, we're not talking about sport today. We're discussing life, how to thrive, how to rise up, how to grow in the challenge, how to improve your personal resilience and your health. So no matter what your sporting background, I promise you, you're gonna benefit from today. But before we get into all that malarkey, should we do a squaddy update? Yes, the squaddy update. And it's a quick one this week, an option for you to join me as a personal invitation for my thoughts and a deep dive into the rest of 2020. A year of no races, lack of direction, feeling rudderless in your performance journey, Thursday, August 27th. Yes, you gotta be a whippet. 9 a.m. Pacific. I'm gonna be hosting a free video discussion on our approach for Purple Patch athletes for the back end of 2020. Now, you don't need to be a Purple Patch athlete to get a lot out of this. The outcome of the call, well, it's gonna to be to outline a path and direction to improve your performance amid all the anarchy of the times. 
Develop loots to lean into others and feel purpose without clear goals on the horizon and some helpful thoughts and insights on how to adjust your lens on training during these times. Head to the show notes for details of how to register or of course at our social media channels on Instagram and Twitter. But You've got to be quick. You've got to be a whippet. Thursday, August 27th, 9 a.m. Pacific. Trying to capture as much of the world as we possibly can. And so with that in mind, shall we move on? What shall we do? Baza, come on, mate. Come with me. I need you to be there today because we have got a storming Word of the week. We like the way he thinks. Serious with the way. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the dictionary word of the week. Yes, the word of the week this week is parents. Because this week I want to stand up and tip my hat to the many parents out there who are navigating the incredible challenge of homeschool or limited school as we face down the back end of 2020. The vast majority of students in the world are facing a very uncertain passage of school over the coming months, following, of course, great disruption for 2020 so far. The US is one of the worst hit, but with a global audience, I don't want to forget the challenge of many of the parents out there globally. The tension, the confusion, it's all obvious. If it wasn't realized before, it is now. School isn't just about learning from books. Socialization, conflict resolution, relationship development, social emotional skills, structure, responsibility, autonomy. For many, a critical source of sound nutrition and health habits, and so much more. No matter the age, childhood development, is missing critical steps for many kids this year. And add to it the lack of lessons and positive mental and physical development that come via organized sports in school. It's grim. It is grim. But it will pass. And guess what? The kids are going to be all right. They will emerge from this the stress of the situation and the challenge will likely cause growth in ways that we simply cannot imagine. And the resilience and adaptability that permeates all kids allows us to evolve out of the situation. Yes, concerns should be real, but despair, well, it's just not necessary. Our children will adapt, they will advance, and ultimately the outcome is going to be okay. But... This fact doesn't eliminate the situation, and it is an incredible burden and challenge for parents. Kelly and I, well, let's face it, we're freaking privileged. We've got a great school, wonderful support, relative flex in our lives. What we're burdened with is inconvenience, but many are burdened with real-life challenge and serious consequences, and so... Kelly and I wanted to let you know this week that, well, we feel you. We know your challenge, and I want to acknowledge the challenge. I hope that you're able to navigate and get through this as a family. And that is why this week, the word of the week is parents. We stand with you as school returns, mostly from home. Stay strong. We'll get through it. But now, should we get on with school dinner? Oh, 
I love that tasty tapioca pudding, don't you? Let's get on with the meat and potatoes. After all, how can you have your pudding if you don't eat your meat? Yes, folks, the meat and potatoes, and we're going to begin today with a story. Now, before I dive into this story, remember, last week we went through the four phases that we utilize to ultimately create a culture of performance. And out of this model, I ended last week saying that the individual within this culture thrives because of a set of characteristics. That's what we're diving into today. And to showcase this, I thought, maybe I should tell a story. What story could I tell? I have many, some of them true. And then it came to me. One around great perseverance, resilience, adaptability, and utilization of this model to ultimately create success. And so I bring you the story of broken legs and the emergence to world-class performance. In 2014, Purple Patch Pro Sarah Piampiano had been struggling with just a little hip niggle throughout her build-up to Ironman Texas. And throughout the training journey, we'd really managed it pretty well. We'd put a big emphasis on her swimming and cycling, and that was really the anchor of her training. The run training, the load-bearing stuff, was really kind of supportive in nature, really carefully implemented. But as we hit race week, the niggle was still there. It was very real. And so now as a team, we had a decision to make. Should we step forward, risk it and race? Or should we pull out? Should we heal? Should we get ready for a race further down the line? Logic or emotion? Now, I know the answer, the right answer, but we didn't go that route. We went with emotion. Bad coach, bad athlete. She stepped up to race. We wanted to see how it went, give it a crack. And the swim, well, it's Sarah P, little poo. It was okay, but her bike was really strong. She got off the bike in a good position and the run started. She was running, flowing, free, great pace. It was going really, really well. Sarah was charging through the field, 8th, 7th, 6th, 5th, 4th. With a few miles to go, Sarah felt a sharp pain. Kaboom. Now, here is the time that I tell you, or for the many listeners, remind you, that Sarah is one tough cookie. She has, let's face it, a few bolts missing, a few screws loose. As a coach... I became convinced that Sarah was found in an Ikea and put together following, well, not at least not following the directions because there's just something that isn't quite right about Sarah. Sarah, I love you and you're tough. But with this context, well, the pain, it was there. She soldiers on, she marched on, she crossed the line. But that pain was the femur, or the upper bone across the thigh. And 
that pain was the femur breaking. A deep stress fracture in the bone. And in fact, a deep stress fracture in a bone that you don't want to get a fracture in. It's six months of healing and another six months to really find form and being race-able. For an athlete who had developed over the last three to four years and was just entering the prime time of performance potential, this was, of course, as you can imagine, emotionally and physically devastating. For one athlete, Sarah, it turned her life upside down. Yes, there are lots of screws and bolts that fell out when that happened. <sighs> the cleanup of the screws and the bolts, it took an eternity. But joking aside, it was devastating. From an Ironman season kickoff for a prime assault on the World Championship, that plan was simply in the trash. Now, I've seen many athletes implode in these types of situations as their goals, ambitions, identity, sponsors, life structure completely changes. On an individual level, for a professional athlete, the emotions are raw. Frustration, fear, turbulence, everything that you have planned thrown into the trash. Does it sound familiar? Yes, because it's just like 2020 for the most of us. The reactive would be someone that would fall into despair and frustration, perhaps even anger. But the athlete that decides to do something different, well, what they do is they respond. Now, there are several stages of this type of injury, and it's worth me highlighting here before I go on. Stage one for a major injury is really kind of easy while it's painful because it's healing. It's that phase of an injury where you just can't do anything. And in fact, you don't really feel like doing anything. In Sarah's case, that was about six to seven weeks of very little moving and genuine rest. That's the place where the sympathy comes flooding in from everyone. But after six or seven weeks, that sympathy starts to move on and you start to enter stage two. Now, this is the tough part because that moves from just rest and healing to a transition to movement and activity. And the reason that this is tough is that patients will be running really, really thin. And for a goal-driven athlete that will be bursting at the seams, that patients will be running just as thin. They're just desperate for the return. And this is the phase where the vast majority of re-injury occurs or compensatory injuries in other parts of the body. For me, this little stage is kind of the red zone because athletes are so tempted to push and rush the process here, which of course cascades into many, many problems. Stage three is also tough. It's the transition from activity to training. And this phase, phase is many, many weeks because we need to build tissue resilience and rebuild fitness. Now, the last image that the athlete has of themselves is that athlete that they were on on the day that they were injured. Faf. Yes, fit as f you get it. But they are no longer that anymore. And so in this phase, you need even more patience. And then the final stage is what I would call the return to form. 
This is just plain arduous and tough because it often takes months and it requires yet more patience, perspective and long-term thinking. In Sarah's situation, this could be three months to a year of racing and chasing before real performance bubbles out. So now you know why I said there was a break, six weeks to heal, but it's a 12-month injury. And so we come back to Sarah. It would be easy to give up, to despair, to fall into frustration. Because when you're so targeted, and then it feels like the goalposts have been completely removed, and so much is out of your control, it's incredibly challenging to keep driving on. Now, I remember sitting down with her just days after the event and that leg break, and I said, this will pass. This is a phase. As a part of your journey, that beyond this leg break is also going to be full of other frustrations. But right now, this part will end. And how you approach the journey upcoming will determine how the rest of your professional career goes when it is in the rearview mirror. And so you can approach this with apathy, you can fall for frustration, but you will not rebuild to the degree that you can. You will miss opportunities. We will need to heal, then we will begin a long and arduous journey back to where you were just a week ago before that leg broke. But if you approach with the right lens, Sarah, take the right actions, and then you have the opportunity to return, but return ahead of where you have ever been. This coming year is a wash, period. It's a wash. But do the right thing now, Sarah, and the following four years after that or more can be better than you ever imagined. Well, Sarah, being Sarah, committed. She bought in. No dilly-dallying, no grieving. Let's get mission focused. So we remember last week's conversation, the four phases of our cultural defining approach to performance. Setting up the purpose or the North Star and the mission. Phase two, setting up the path, removing roadblocks, making sure that we're focusing on the things that we can control. Phase three, get busy doing it, where the coaching and the course correction would occur, but the real work. And then finally, pause, reflect, reestablish the next phase, and re-engage. Four phases. Well, for Sarah, we cycled and we cycled and we cycled through an iterative journey of performance development. The first began with pure healing rest. But even during this phase, Sarah actually had control of things that still fit into her pro career. Because during this phase, while she was resting up, she actually had the opportunity to do something that many people seldom do, which is to have several weeks of deep reflection, a review of how her career had progressed so far, how she approached training, what actions might have contributed to this injury? How could we have avoided it? Where could Sarah improve? 
Now, in the case of Sarah, she tended to have a tendency to maybe take things almost too seriously. She had a tendency to overfill the training cup and perhaps allow the easier in sessions to creep up in intensity. And so we felt out of this reflection and this realization that she could actually become smarter in training. And acknowledging this now started to cave the path to actually create a better Sarah. In this time of healing, Sarah also took time to really develop relationships with sponsors. She had the chance when she was sitting with feet up in bed to focus on her story, on her brand, and on top of that, maintain relevance. And one of the routes to do that was to do something that's really empowering, help others. She decided to really try and help others perform and step up, and in doing so, almost accidentally, remain useful to those who actually support her, her sponsors. And while she couldn't athletically advance in healing, what she could do is develop in the other supporting elements of being a pro athlete. Now, once this initial healing occurred, then she began to move into activity. And this is where long-term performance lens was set up. Because as she moved into activity, the easy thing is just to say, I need to get back to training. How quickly can I get there? Let's get going. But instead, what Sarah utilized was the chance to completely rebuild her frame. Core, stability, tissue health, a complete commitment to robust strength and conditioning with a really patient development of load-bearing endurance activity. It started from the ground floor. And the destination was to build a new resilient Sarah. In parallel to that, she had a wonderful opportunity to work on technical development, refine equipment to technical skills across all of the sports, swim technique, riding, handling skills, terrain management. In addition to that, she could look at some of her other pillars of performance, an overhaul of her performance nutrition, revisit every piece of equipment on the sport, really dive into recuperation and sleep. So these all became fun projects where Sarah could really focus on and improve while the actual training stress was minimal. And then finally, as Sarah progressed to real training, she began to apply the lessons from her self-analysis that we did in the healing phase. A little less obsession. A dance on the side of caution. Really embracing easy. Looking to actually create that magic word that you've heard me talk about so much on this show, consistency. Even allowing a little flex in the program so that she could get away from that pass-fail mentality that so many highly driven athletes have in training. With no less commitment to excellence, Sarah refined how she tackled the project to ensure that she could create longevity and performance readiness. Now, these cycles, going through the different steps of recovery, this was a journey. And this was not an easy journey. It felt endless. It required patience and ultimately a deep love and a deep belief. Ups, downs, setbacks, fears, frustrations, 
an absolutely overwhelming feeling of being rudderless. We had to tackle the swings and roundabouts of emotions almost daily. But Sarah stayed targeted. She controlled the controllable. She cycled through our model, despite really never realizing that we were applying that specific model. And slowly over time, she grew. The outcome, seven months after her injury, she got back to racing. She then had four to five months of really pretty challenging racing as we just sought form. Do you remember? You just have to battle with form. But then the year following, the year following, an explosion of performance with two Ironman wins, a breakthrough into the top 10 performance at the Hawaii Ironman World Championships. She grew physically and she grew mentally. She grew in raw performance. And from that, her fastest Ironman performance with a two hour and 53 minute run off the bike came at 39 years of age. She went on to become one of the very best in sport. You see, the thing is, the biggest stress, the biggest stress created the greatest growth opportunity. But this wasn't random. It wasn't because of the stress. Instead, it was because of how Sarah responded to the stress. She deployed the epitome of what we label an athletic mindset so that she could carve a path to navigate and while not having that much fun in the journey, help her navigate but ultimately lead her to thrive in her journey. And guess what? Sarah's story can be your story. Now, as developing an athletic mindset is born out of the model that we talked about last week and the actions in the individual that takes it within this model. The most enduring and successful athletes chart their journey to performance, overcome challenges and grow from it. They face failure and they learn from it. And ultimately, ultimately, they improve. And everyday people do exactly the same. They might not get the headlines written about them. They might not have thousands of followers on social media, but they do it for themselves and their own development. And the most successful always, always have common characteristics. And these characteristics make up what we call the athletic mindset. Remember that I said, you don't have to be an athlete to deploy these? Well, here we go. 2020, some of the characteristics that you can lean into. Now, I've repackaged these a little bit so that we can talk about them in terms of just four categories. And so, here we go. Number one, purpose and direction the very best always have clarity of their purpose and their mission. Just like a great company, they are really keen to establish where they want to go. And it's less about establishing goals such as, I want to be a world champion. And typically, it's much more intrinsic performance measures that have a flexible but an important lens on the path forward. Now, 
within this umbrella purpose and direction, they also have a great ability to focus on the most important things that provide the biggest gains. And in unison to that, they have a great ability not to get distracted by all the noise. The things that might be shiny or quick fixes, but don't actually yield any real gains. So anyone that's just absolutely obsessed with the aura ring or the whoops band, that is thinking, this is the answer to performance. Guess what? They're great tools, but it just ain't the answer. Fundamental basics of things that are going to give you the biggest performance yield. Don't get distracted by the noise, either the shiny or the despairing. A sense of purpose and direction and an ability to focus on the important things. That is number one. Number two is a mindset that I would label humility and growth. You see, those that apply the athletic mindset love the process. They almost love the process more than the outcome. It's about the doing. And every single time, those with a great athletic mindset have an insatiable hunger to learn. They are highly coachable, they demand feedback, and they love a sense of accountability. And in fact, they are so eager to learn that the very best, the smartest, the most driven, surround themselves with smart people so that they can be challenged and learn and so that they can thrive. They are eager to learn, 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 and improve, improve, improve. And that is why humility and a sense of growth is a critical part of an athletic mindset. Number three is a massive amount of resilience and adaptability. Oh, I promise you, the words du jour for 2020 and 2021, you're going to hear them so much. Resilience, resilience, resilience. Be adaptable, be adaptable, be adaptable. This is, well, could be bannered under what we've had many shows on in previous months, being change-able. Now, resilience and adaptability, it's a given. It's always spoken about. But the best are not superhuman. And so our model that we went through last week provides the framework to enable the athlete to always come back to purpose, come back to mission, to come out of the woods and to refer their compass to get back on track. And they have to, they have to enable and lean into their wisdom and experience because wisdom and experience of the doing really hardens this trait. It amplifies it resilience and adaptability but it is the structure in the system that maximizes the effectiveness now i should add here that resilience and adaptability is not something that is born into someone it doesn't just happen it's not just oh i get knocked down and i get up again and it's not hands and knees round nine in a rocky movie stuff i am strong and brave and i will stand and fight yeah, the spirit is there, 
for every single human being can improve their mental resilience and adaptability. And it is a key trait. Right now, we're being stressed. Fold, adapt, see where the opportunity is and lean in. And finally, what is the final set of characteristics? Remember the saying that we have at Purple Patch? Nail the basics. Well, here it is. The very best athletes like to strip things down and keep things simple. They are habit-driven. They have a desire for intentional focus on the important stuff. But they really love to drive the complex to more simple. And this actually sits in stark difference to so many amateurs who end up overcomplicating the simple path to improvement by believing that there is their commitment to specificity. And in fact, they just fall into what we call paralysis of analysis. You would be stunned at the simplicity of life of the professional athlete. These traits, these four things, in reverse order, stripping down to simple, resilience and adaptability, humility and growth, and of course, driving it all, a sense of purpose and direction, these make up the athletic mindset. And they allow a perfect framework to draw on through these times. Let's just stop and think. Loss of events, a massive impact in health risk, as well as your own health challenges, societal stress, a collision of worlds and breaking of normal habits with work from home, homeschooled kids, training grounds that are inaccessible, financial worry and uncertainty, just a bucket of stress, setback, uncertainty and amplified risk. Oh, it's not easy. It has been tough. But troops now, 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 now is the time. Now it's the time to lean back in. Before you tackle the second half of 2020, what I want you to do is right now, right now, right now, pause. Pause. There. Breathe and pause. Stop what you're doing, no matter your situation, no matter the challenge. We can grow we can always grow. First, acknowledge your situation, the stresses, the challenges. Don't run from them, don't diminish them, don't ignore them, face them and acknowledge them. Because them be the facts, brothers and sisters. It's time to face the reality, even if it's a bucket of shit. After that, come back to your purpose and mission in performance. What is the outcome that you want to finally reach? For Sarah P, it was a return to world-class performance and a top 10 finish at the World Championship. And our goals are likely no less important, but maybe just we'll grab smaller headlines. Once we've got our purpose and direction, and then we look for opportunities. Remember that Sarah was lying in the hospital bed? She couldn't move. But there were still opportunities for this professional athlete. There were still positives because she had a chance to reflect, an opportunity to reinvent, a pathway to work on stuff that was always going to take a backseat in a normal year. And so we can do that too. 
opportunities and set the path. And when you are done with that, lay out your path for the coming weeks or months. What should you focus on right now that can move you forward? What can you control? What can you do just to take a step forward? Some movement in the right direction. Perhaps not giant leaps, but a move forward. And then what you do is you go through the process and then you revisit and you pause again and you reflect and you assess and you go again. Then you cycle again, then again, then again, then once more, and then at some time, three, six, nine months into the future, you'll go again and then again. And then you'll pause and then you'll laugh as you'll realize that suddenly you're on the other side of this thing and you will have improved, advanced. You are better in life, in skills, in resilience and yes, in performance. But it only comes through commitment. It only comes to the pragmatic, to the adaptable, to the humble. And it comes from inside you. And it's not easy. It's freaking hard. There's no sugarcoating it. It is freaking hard. And this is why a few weeks ago, I put out a call to action. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and pull your freaking proverbial socks up. And so I'll say it again. Step up. Get out of the chair of misery, pull your socks up, and get on with it. There ain't no free lunch today. A performance model that develops a performance culture and the characteristics that go into an athletic mindset. Your passage to get through 2020, not just so that you survive, but so you go into next year thriving and ahead. It's all there for you. And I hope that these two episodes have helped. Now, let's do something that we haven't done for a while. Questions of the week. We still get tons of questions coming in every week and we try and respond to all of them. But this time, it's time to respond to one on air. Because the question of the week this week from Tyler Bergmeier. Tyler, thank you. I really appreciate it. And here is your question. Is training as complicated as rocket science? If you get it all wrong, will things explode? Maybe our thighs. Or is exercise more like painting a picture? Not really a wrong way to do it, barring overtraining and things like that of it being unhealthy, as long as you're just doing it. It's a great question. And it's one that I will answer. And the short answer is, it is not rocket science. At the same time, it's not random. And so let me begin, Tyler, with a statement. People love to overcomplicate things, and it's typically to their performance peril. Now, by saying the statement, I will say that training isn't random, because every time we follow things in a random way, we're going to get random results. And so really, effective training could be anchored around a few things. Number one is you want to have great consistency of sustainably challenging work. But while you're doing that, it's all about the smart decisions that you make along the way. 
And those decisions are all in the purpose of creating both consistency and optimal yield from the work. Now, it should be structured and progressive in nature, but there is no fixed or single way to approach it. There are no individual magic sessions. There is no masterful single solution to find performance. I think the key is that you and or your coach really understand why you're doing something, what the intent is, what you're looking to get out of it, and then sticking to it. And under this intent, you really have a pretty broad application. And I actually think that is exactly the value of a coach or a program. It's not about just getting a single batch of workouts. Instead, it's about helping you frame the path, provide a sense of accountability, enable you to make smart decisions, and keep you on track. And this is really, really hard to do yourself. Because pragmatism and big picture thinking is really tough for the individual who are so susceptible to getting pulled by emotions, all of us, elite athletes, all the way down when we're goal-driven. But to your point, Tyler, a rigid system of some exact recipe is a bunch of nonsense. It's pitched as the ultimate solution or a plan that cannot be molded or deviated from. And yet at the same time, great performances so often come with, from turbulent seasons that have, and the athlete's gone through obstacles and challenges along the way. And maybe it has been all about smart decisions and going on the journey. And so plan, absolutely plan, and then follow the plan, but with a lens of adaptability by making smart decisions on how things are going and what happens in life as you execute it. And that will always be your biggest catalyst to success. I hope that helps, Captain. More questions next week. We're going to bring this back in. And if you have a question, feel free to email us, questions at purplepatchfitness.com. And I promise you, we'll get back to you. Now, just before we finish the day, one final reminder. Remember, Thursday, August 27th, we are rocking and rolling with a free webinar. It's all about performance in the back half of 2020. But how could we not finish today without the re-emergence of the Peter Minute? Yes, Peter, our hero, who is training for an event that hasn't been named on a date that hasn't been established. And much like the rise and fall of Reginald Perrin, walking into water from ankle to waist to shoulders to unknown, I'm afraid that Peter has fallen into predictability. Peter's plans are arising but with sore back, hernia, late nights, travels. The struggles that Peter have faced over the last few weeks threatened to drown him. He was barely afloat and now rudderless in the program. Surely this was the time to quit. Surely marching towards the event unnamed on a date undisclosed should just be disregarded. But no, ladies and gentlemen, the phoenix will rise because we move into the second half of his program behind the eight ball, but now with a startling recovery. 
Peter reminds me, performance progression is never linear, Matthew. The collapse and the rise. Because the last two weeks, Peter has emerged with great consistency, two runs of more than 20 miles, and suddenly feeling the puff of wind from his feathers puffing on the chest. He is a man rediscovered, a man standing a foot taller, a man who is now five to six weeks away from success. And the good news in this, you only need to deal with me and bear with me going on with this nonsense for maybe about five or six weeks more because the Peter Minute is coming towards the end. But guys, 2020, it's delivered. We will emerge. Until next time, take care. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Cheers. Cheers.